This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's Monday, time for our Zoomer squad, and it's here. The long-awaited provincial vaccine booking portal has been up and running since 8 a.m., For people 80 and over. And as far as we can tell, it has been working reasonably well. At the opening, there was a wait of about an hour to book an appointment. But last time we looked, that wait time is way down. There's also a call center, which General Rick Hillier says is totally staffed up. But when we tried that, we got a busy signal. Definitely, we want to hear from you on your efforts to book a vaccine, either for yourself or for a friend or a loved one. The numbers to call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866 740. For 740, the authorities say one in three people over 80 in this area have received one dose. Of course, in other provinces, seniors under 80 have started to get their shots. Let's now go to the Zoomer squads. David Kravitz, vice president of Zoomer Media and chief membership officer at CARP. Bill Van Gorder, interim chief policy officer at CARP, and Peter Mugridge, senior editor of Zoomer magazine. Hi, everyone. Hi, Libby. Okay. Let us begin with David. And uh, what happened, David, when you went onto the site? I went onto the site and got a uh, wait time. Uh, Now, this is about an hour ago, an hour and a bit ago. I got an immediate message saying that I number... Uh, there was a big number, over 100,000 in the queue, but that there were only, um, I think it was like 3,000 or some odd ahead of me. And my wait time to actually be able to go ahead and do the booking was 11 minutes. And I, that didn't seem to me to be that, um, you know, crazy bad at the time. And it was in the prompt, you know, you got the message right away. Here's where you are. Here's the queue. Here's how long you have to wait. Uh, yeah, to me, 11 minutes sounds fine. I've waited longer than 11 minutes for other kinds of customer service. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess it just depends on the luck of the draw of when you call. Now, David, it, to get that far, what information did you have to put in? All I had to do was indicate that I was uh, uh, born in 1941. I'm not, I'm not 80, but we're just testing <laughs> okay, it. I, no. I didn't move ahead to actually do a booking. I didn't want to tie up the actual... Um, you know, anybody else in the queue. But I just had to say that I have a green health card with my picture on it, which I do, and that I'm over 80, and um, that I have an email address, and that I have a browser. There was a, there was, I forget what it was. There was, if you have a very old uh, version of your browser, um, it, it may not be able to handle it. But uh, I, I was clear. I, yes, 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 click, and then I saw my wait time right away. Okay. Peter, uh, what's your take on the wait times and the booking and all of that? Um, I, I was a little bit skeptical, thinking the, the site would crash immediately. I, I think you were too. <laughs> but um, this is good news. This is really good news. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a good test run for when, when the larger population uh, starts booking. I, I think that'll be sometime in April. But um, So this is a good test run, and, and 11 minutes sounds good. And, uh, you know, let's hope it, it keeps rolling out this way. Uh, yeah, um, I'm surprised. And, and you you know I was spe- skeptical, and I threw, yeah. threw out an unanswered challenge to the Premier and the Health Minister saying, if you want to bet for your favourite charity or mine, you know, I'm, I'm willing to put down some serious coin. Because <laughs> uh, my thinking is, I'm pretty sure that site's going to crash no matter what. And, um, you know, too bad they didn't take me up on it, because uh, as of now... I would have been the one donating to their charity That's and right. not the other way around. <laughs> right. I'm well, wondering we'll, though. We'll have to wait till the, till the you know the the, yeah. the mass population starts signing up to see whether it can hold that. 
also, yeah. what are they giving you? Like, if you do go ahead and book, um, how long, when is that booking? Where do you have to go? I, I'm sure they have it all figured out. I'm not trying to be critical, but to really complete the analysis, we'd have to hear from some people who, who successfully booked it. Right. And when can they actually get their shot uh, relative to today? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. Let me tell you a little story from before this portal was up. Um, so on Friday, uh, just a sec, on, on Friday, uh, I went to my dry cleaner and tailor to drop off some sweaters. Now, Frank, God bless him. He is 87 years old. He uh, works wonderful. every day. He is, I'm sure, one of the last working uh, Italian master tailors. And boy, like, he bends down on his knees to to pin a hem. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. But he was complaining that he could not get on to, to get uh, a booking. His daughter was helping him, uh, I got in touch with his daughter because Friday was the day that you could book it through the Toronto portal, but not through uh, the provincial portal. And the Toronto portal for that wasn't live until it was like they made it as complicated as possible. Mm-hmm. But but she did end up getting him an appointment. And his appointment last Friday, the Wednesday and Thursday were gone, was for this upcoming Friday. So I suspect that the people booking now are getting bookings for next week which wouldn't be too bad if it's next week i mean it would be you know if it's weeks ahead then then i think there's a problem but uh um i also want to note libby that um i did some checking this morning ontario with all the with all the chaos and with all the fragmentation and hospital sites doing things and now the ontario portal um as of this morning, Ontario has it has delivered, has administered 81.8% of all the vaccines they have actually received from the feds. And that is uh, uh, second best in Canada by a tenth of a point or something compared to PEI. <laughs> Compare, well, <laughs> okay, don't get me started bad, on that. I mean, what they're saying, they're getting, they're getting the, whatever doses they have, they appear to be getting them into arms you know, at a reasonable, um, you know, at a, a reasonable rate. I think, you know, fair is fair. We've been very critical. But um, um, by contrast, Bill Van Gorder, who's in Nova Scotia, they've only administered 47.9% of the of the vaccines in their possession. So uh, our distribution is, is in its own way, I suppose you could say, in its own way, it is appear to be working. Yeah, well, Ford, Ford said yesterday they have the capacity to do 4.8 million in a month. So, um, you know, with, with all the, uh, you know, the clinics and the pharmacies and the doctors' offices and everything, they just need the vaccines now. And, well, uh, Canada, Canada's received four million vaccines. Ontario has received 1.4 million of those, and they've dispensed. Um, I'm combining first. The data combines first and second shots both. They've dispensed 81% of the doses. Right. So we just need more vaccines. We just need more vaccines. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm still not totally on side with, with that. Bill Van Gorder, are you with us? I am. Yes. Okay. So, um, how's it, how's it going over there in terms of people who are over 80 or what age group is Nova Scotia? Uh, right. Well, I could get it is over 80 and, and I've been tracking it across the, the country in, in course in provinces other than Ontario. And uh, David's right. Uh, we're doing better in Ontario than uh, most of the other provinces. And actually, the startup uh, today seems to have been uh, less of a problem than in most of the other uh, provinces where people seem to be getting uh, getting through. So I think this uh, augurs well for the for the future in Ontario uh, if we get the va- if we get the vaccine i would point out that uh, uh, comparing it to other provinces like uh, uh, nova scotia is a little bit difficult because uh, they're holding half of the vaccines for for the next uh, dose so that doesn't show up on the on the chart uh, okay. uh, what we're looking at is how easy is it for people to either phone or go online, get an appointment when they're uh, available. And Ontario seems to be doing as well 
as anyone at the moment. Okay, let's uh, take a couple of calls. We've got Ken in Hamilton. Hello, Ken. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good. Um, I uh, called up this morning, got my uh, appointment, and when I checked, I asked for two things. I asked for the AstraZeneca or the uh, Pfizer because I have underlying ailments. I was told that. Uh, they didn't. They couldn't tell me that. They, when they went to book the second appointment, they said to me that uh, my uh, my uh, second appointment was four months down the road. I'm uh, uh, I'm native, and they said the government said that they had the natives on priority, and then it was going to be a two month and. They can't answer either one of those questions, and they're telling me it's four months down the road. I'm just wondering well, if is, you can give me some clarity on that. That That is, uh, AstraZeneca is only being used for people 60 to 64 at the moment, uh, and only in pilot projects. So I don't know if that applies to you. Uh, you probably mean Pfizer or Moderna. And uh, yes, so the uh, advisory body has uh, spaced out the doses to f- up to four months. There is a hope that they will change that guidance as we get more vaccines. But yeah, that's the way it is at the moment. So did you did you get an appointment for your first shot? Yeah, I have one. I did it today and I could have had it done today, except they were calling and trying to find out about the other stuff. So I have one for tomorrow. Well, good. That's uh, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, Ken. Uh, All right. Let's... Would you be able to check and see about the the uh, uh, in, uh, well? I know that people in... getting the two months instead of the four months. I I don't know if that's in the city. Um, you know, the, I think that the, some of the special arrangements for indigenous communities are for communities that are that are far and vaccine is being flown in there. I don't know if you get any special arrangements if you go to a clinic here. Uh, well, it's, but, right now it's uh, indigenous people can call in that are 55 years of age right. and older and get the Well, shot. you know what? The best place to find out is if, if you're at a center tomorrow getting your first shot, then check with them. Well, because I, I haven't... spoke to the people today, and they don't know. Well, that's that's in the call center. Okay. Okay, Thank thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Olive in Port Colborne. Hello, Olive. Hi there. I had my appointment this morning. I finally got through after two and a half hours and then um, went through all the information, telling them where I lived, and apparently there's not going to be a, a, a place where I live, a location... But that's, I was in the paper, and so I've got booked into the nearest town for March the 31st. Wow. Okay, well, that's a couple of weeks hence, and where is the closest one? Closest, about 10 miles. Uh, okay, what's the and, name of the... Um, the next one is July the 21st. Yeah, because the, so far they're spacing it out by four months, which yes, a lot of people take that, issue but with. I couldn't understand why... Our town wasn't on the list when it was in the list, on the list, in the paper. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I'm just being unlucky or not. But anyway, I've got my appointment, so that's the main thing. And you have a way to get there. Yes, I do. Okay, well, that's the important thing. And thank you very much. Okay, thanks for calling, Olive. Okay. Well, it depends where you are and and when you call and if you have the wherewithal to get to a place. I mean, Port Colburn isn't such a big place, so I don't know if there were original plans to have something there. Uh, you know, and if you if you're going a place that's a little far from you, mind you, ten miles. If you're in Toronto and you're going to a mass vaccination site, chances are it's ten miles from where you live. So there's not much difference there. Um, I believe that plans are underway for some mobile units for people who are not mobile. Uh, David, are you concerned about that? I'm a little bit concerned. I also uh, would have been uh, interested in when you get your appointment, I presume there's a time attached to it as well. So you're, they're not just saying show up on the morning of the 20th and join the queue, because that would be very um, 
burdensome, I think, to people. If I have a, an approximate window or a close window, uh, and I, you know, I'll be there at one o'clock and I'll be out of there within, you know, I won't have to stand in line for hours and hours because, as always, it's the details uh, that, that matter. I also suspect that they're doing, the, it sounds like they're doing the four months as a default, but that they could probably call you back earlier if they get a, a glut of vaccines in. I, 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 glut is not the word that I would be <laughs> I using, deliberately, Dave. Yeah, All right. I'm being ambitious there. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, so An this... An influx of some kind. This week, we're only getting 445,000 uh, Pfizer vaccines, I think, for the whole country. So, so, it's so yeah, it's, it's going slowly still. It very is going Sorry. very slowly. Yeah. So, yes, Bill, have you been hearing from members? Are they uh, worried about this? Are are they willing to give it a chance? What's your take? Well, cer- certainly up until today, they were worried and, and concerned that they uh, that they weren't getting the vaccines. They were very concerned that uh, uh, people who did not live in long term care facilities didn't seem to be treated with the same degree of uh, concern, hope. That will start to wind down now. But we're also hearing from uh, members who are saying that given their uh, their age in the system, they expect it could be another uh, as, as they as, as they uh, evaluate what the government is saying. It's going to be another up to six weeks before they're able to get their vaccine. So the, the speed is really concerning them. And frankly, whether that's the province's fault or the federal government's fault. They don't they don't care. They just think it's too slow when they look at what's happening in other countries. It's, I had one uh, uh, 80-year-old talk to me this morning and say that his 65-year-old friends in New York City already had uh, their, uh, their shots. And how could, if they could do it in a city besides New York, why couldn't they do it in Toronto? Well, that's a very good question. I, I can tell you that um, my 27-year-old nephew and his 25-year-old partner got their shots in Israel about a month ago. So, um, you know, it depends who... We, we don't compare well to anyone. As of last no, week, we no, were still sort of 45th, 50th in the world in terms of the rollout. And in Israel, uh, Libby, I have a I have a uh, cousin that lives there, and her her uh, under I don't know under the age of five year old grandchildren have received uh, both vaccines. Really? Yeah. I didn't think they were both even shots. approved for children. Yeah. Well, I think I think they were. Maybe I'm wrong about their age, but yeah, they all her they got their shot. There was a shot that was given to their kids. That's interesting. So maybe I got the ages wrong, but their children are good, and of course they're. They're almost at 100 percent. And I also note in a kind of bizarre uh, sort of macabre note, I can't resist that uh, nine gorillas in the San Diego Zoo have received COVID shots. Oh, OK. Yeah, I think so, I heard about that. And here that we too. are. Here we are, you know. Here we are. OK, let's let's take a call from uh, Syria in Barrie. Hi, Syria. Oh, hi, Libby. I just want to let you know I'm a first time caller. Oh. There you go. Welcome. Thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Go ahead. You're on the air. Um, I went online this morning to the Ontario portal, and it was great. I did have to wait about 25 minutes before I actually got to the, the booking time and stuff. And I proceeded to fill in all the information for my husband, but... Uh, when I got to the last page where they actually give you the time and the day of your appointment, all I got on there was there are no appointments to be booked at this time. Uh, I live in Barrie. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. That, that I would think, That's is bad. very disappointing. But here's the thing. So just... This thing is so complicated. So we have this provincial portal, but there are some regions that are not participating in the portal, like Durham. So they kind of switch you to the local portal. So that's one thing. And they're doing this by region. You know, they're not going to give you an appointment in Toronto if you live in Barrie. So I don't know where you're 
uh, clinic or whatever would be. And that is extremely disappointing to be on there and to put all your information in and then be told, hurry up and wait. That's very disappointing. Well, when I went uh, back to the Simcoe-Muskoka District Health Unit, which we belong to uh, in Barrie, um, the, their portal for COVID-19 takes you straight to the Ontario government one. Okay, well, then they're not one of the ones that, uh, but but I'm sure it has to do with your postal code because you you book in and you put some information and they, they tell you how long you're going to wait in line just to start booking. But yes. once you put your postal code in, there's a different story. Well, uh, I, I got all the way through that. But now when they say they're not booking any appointments at this time, I don't know what we're supposed to do in order to get an appointment. It doesn't say that all the information that they took is going to be put on a waiting list for Simcoe Muskoka or what is going to you know happen what? with I, it. So I don't know maybe, either. I think I have a partial answer oh. to that. Oh, good. Uh, because we, we, we had a call from one of our members, a CART members in Barrie, and apparently uh, the Simcoe uh, Muskoka locations aren't uh, online yet, uh, and that means people get a message that there are no appointments, but they by the end of today, they hope to have that connection made, and there will be appointments, they tell us, available to people at that time. It, it's a, a glitch in getting it on line in time for the opening day oh because as i said they directed me to the when i went on the unit website they directed me to the ontario portal okay well they're not they're not connected so uh, i would try again at the end of the day bill thanks for that the other thing is that uh, we go to the gym at the holly rec center which is supposed to be the clinic in uh, our area in Barrie, and we don't see any action there at all uh I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. We have to check this these things. Uh, if if uh, I would take uh, what Bill's saying and try again later. Okay, I will try again tonight then, and, and hopefully we can get through. Hopefully everything will be set up. And and let us know how, how, how it works, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Have thank, a great day. You too. Thanks a lot. I, I'm, I'm sorry, people. Like, we're just trying to here find out how it's going, uh, you know, with all of these local and regional issues. I want to hear about them, but I, you know, I'm sorry. I don't have the answers to all of those things. Uh, Peter, you know, it looks like we're finally getting going, but what do you see as the fallout from all these, you know, glitches? Well, you know, it, it's so interesting to hear, Libby, the, on your show, we've heard from, you know, um, Port Colburn, Barry, Hamilton. We're, we're getting a nice little uh, cross-section of Ontario here and how it's rolling out. But there were bound to be glitches, you know, and, and there's bound to be confusion. But uh, generally, I get the sense that uh, it's, it's a pretty positive day right now. And, and uh, you know, we're, it may not be the, what did Churchill say, it may not be the beginning of the end, but it's the end of the beginning. So <laughs> they, there's certainly light at the end of the tunnel. There's going to be glitches, but it looks like we're moving in the right direction quickly, and, and that's a good thing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so it's 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 a pretty good day. I'm just, you know, I I understand that if you're on the other end of that computer, frustrated. I I, I would be frustrated. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it happens with stuff that's a lot less important than a vaccination that you sit there and you go through and at the end of it they say, "Sorry, <laughs> you can't do this." Wouldn't they have known her post will call right from the the opening? I don't know. <laughs> I don't that, know. That would have been when to tell her. By the way, your region isn't uh, hooked up yet. It'll be hooked up tonight. Call us tomorrow morning, and everything will be fine. Uh, yep, but I guess they're not even that far ahead. Well, Hillier no, said no. he's going to fix the glitches as they arise. So maybe by tomorrow that'll be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or his I hope his, so. his IT guy will. Let's uh, take a call from Don in St. Catharines. Hi, Don. Hello, Don St. Catharines. Uh, my experience this morning, I thought I was doing great, got it all filled in, and it came up and said, form has been tampered with. Oh. So I thought I did it wrong, redid it again, waited in line, had the wife check it for me, came up with the same thing, form has been tampered with. 
I called my friendly family doctor, and his friendly lady on the phone says the site has crashed. Okay. There you go, Libby. <laughs> okay. How, how recently was this? Can we ask Don? Oh, when was this? Just that a few was. Minutes I, I camped on for quite a while this morning uh, when I started getting the form uh, tampered with. It's probably okay. oh ten thirty or so. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting because that's around the time that David got a message saying it's only ten minutes. Oh, yeah, I, but, I my, but, but my message was it was ten minutes to wait to do the form. Okay. So maybe yeah. maybe my part of it was, um, you know, was okay. Uh, but I never really did the form part because I didn't want to tie up the system if I'm not eligible. Right. Okay. Well, uh, you know, m- maybe uh, they weren't uh, the premier and the health minister. Maybe they were smart not to take up my bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, That's what I was saying to the wife. Libby won the bet. Well, yeah. they, except they didn't. Nobody took the bet. <laughs> so, it's interesting. No, nobody has said it's crashed yet, except the lady at the doctor's office. Okay, well, uh, so we have now two people saying it crashed. Thanks a lot for your call. Okay. Okay, Don. You're right, oh, bye. Okay, so we've got to wrap things up on this segment. People, uh, callers, don't hang up because the rest of the show is going to be devoted to other aspects of this, and we still want to hear from you. But right now we're wrapping this segment. Uh, So what would you like to leave us with, starting with Bill? Be patient. The system is working in some places. Why they didn't uh, foresee these problems when they've had months to do so is hard to understand. But uh, uh, keep at it. Don't give up. The important thing is to get that vaccine. Peter? Yeah, it's been it's been a long year, Libby, and um, I'm hopeful that despite the glitches, we're, we're into a new phase with this and, and we can see the end of it. David? I would I would echo that, but I think it also underscores what we've been saying all along. You really have to uh, take take on the job of keep checking, keep looking, keep uh, questioning, uh, so that you can get because the system isn't going to serve it up to you uh, that that easily. But I think we're we're on the right track. It sounds like okay. Thank you so much, Bill Van Gorder, Peter Mugridge, and David Kravitz. Thank you, Libby. Okay. Thanks, Libby. Okay, we'll talk again next week. Uh, We're going to have a little more detail on all of this. After the break, we have Ryan Imgrund, who is a biostatistician with some very, very interesting numbers on all of this when we return. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Sun is shining, vaccines are underway, and a lot of people are feeling that we are coming out the other end of the pandemic. Unfortunately, the numbers and some of the metrics are telling a different story, and that is a story about the danger of a third wave, and it would be a third wave powered by the more contagious variants of concern. Ryan Imgrund is a biostatistician who's been following the numbers, some of which are very interesting, and he joins me now. Hello, Ryan. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. So first of all, let's go to the uh, R value, and that is, uh, what does that stand for? That's basically how many um, individuals become sick from one individual who is sick. In other words, if the R value is one, that means that one person with COVID-19 is going to pass it on to one other person. If the R value is two, one person with COVID-19 is going to pass that on to two. You know that you've reached a plateau when that R value is one. Okay, well, uh, so the R values. Now, I remember not very long ago that the R values were under one. They were about 0.7, and that was uh, seen as a good point to start easing restrictions, but they're now back up a, a, above one, correct? Yeah, there was about a six-week stretch from around January 1st, about halfway through February, that the R value was under one, and that means that the cases were actually dropping. Um, since then, since around Valentine's Day, it's been above one, and now it's significantly above one. It's 1.09 today. Um, What that means in the long run is that whatever case count we're seeing now, if we maintain that reproductive value, um, we're going to see case counts go up by about uh, like two to three times in the next 30 days. Um, Explain that a little bit. How does does it multiply so quickly? Yes, what basically happens is that if you have 1,000 cases 
um, what's going to happen is that that becomes roughly 1,100 cases in approximately four days. So each and every four days, you multiply the value by 1.1, and after 30 days, you get to around double to triple the size of the, the cases that we have now. Yeah. Uh, so that is very concerning, even uh, the gross number of, of cases. So I remember there was, I don't know, maybe a week where we were under a thousand new cases a day. And we've been steadily climbing above that. And, and, and again, that was seen as some kind of threshold for loosening restrictions. But even though the numbers are climbing, we're loosening restrictions anyway. Yeah. And that was a strange thing that if you use 1000 as the threshold for all of Ontario, we know that some regions are going to be hit a lot harder. For instance, you look at, you know, some regions that are doing very, very well. You look at like Kingston, you look at North Bay, they have very, very few cases. But then again, if you start to look at um, some other places uh, like Sudbury, um, the variant is out of control over there and they're seeing a large number of cases. Okay, let's go to the Ontario risk assessment age breakdown. What have you found there? Yeah, so what I found is that actually cases are up in every single age group. So we're not just talking about the younger population or the older population. They're up in every single age group. Um, It's been about five weeks now. Um, We first saw a small increase in the under 20s, um, and that seemed to spread to the late 20s and 50s, and then it just basically spread to everyone. So for the last two weeks, we have seen cases up in every single age cohort. And, And what does that tell you? Well, it basically tells me that, you know, Schools have led to some of this spread for sure. Um, it's, you know, what we expected to happen um, is that, you know, when you open up society, you open up schools, um, we are going to see cases like transmit from one household to the next because that's the connection from one household to the next. Uh, and what about the, where does the older population stand in there? I mean, it's a, a lot of anxiety. We have started to vaccinate people over 80, but they've been, uh, out of everyone, they've basically been prisoners in their homes. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, that's the the challenging part is that when you vaccinate the older population, that's fantastic. You're able to get them out. But at the exact same time, we're not going to decrease uh, the cases as much. Now, what's good about when you vaccinate the older population, you significantly reduce mortality. You significantly reduce hospitalization. So it's definitely where we need to start with vaccination. Well, we're we're starting there, but we're not, you know, uh, even though it seems to be going okay today, we're we're not that speedy. You've got a vaccination tracker as well. Yeah, and that's exactly it. We're not going as fast as we should. Now, with that being said, it'll be interesting to watch in these next uh, four to six weeks when we really start to hammer out the vaccines. Um, we're expecting by the end of May, um, certain weeks to get almost one million vaccine doses every single uh, week here in Ontario. Um, so, We're going to really be able to ramp up then. I'm hoping that we're able to do that. Okay. And you have another metric that I found really interesting, and it it seems to be going in a troubling direction, certainly here in Toronto, and that is, says you have a 50% chance of exposure if you encounter this number of people in the next month. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I checked it a few days ago on the weekend, one of the days on the weekend here in Toronto, and it was 134, but now it's down to 93, and that's just in a couple of days. It certainly is. So that has changed significantly. Um, You know, so that's, you know, one thing that you're seeing is that, yeah, once again, it means that if you encounter 93 people, um, you have a 50% chance of exposure to COVID-19. Now, we need to keep in mind that 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 doesn't mean that there's a 1 in 93 chance you'll actually get it. That's why we need to physically distance. We need to mask up. We need to do these other things. And if, and if you also encounter people that are vaccinated, that's a safer population to uh, encounter, obviously. But So when you say encountering people, do you mean people who are masked? Do you mean people who are not masked? What do you mean by that? Well, that's up to you. And I think that's why that's a very, very useful tool, because you get to determine what the encounter looks like. So there's like control there with the numbers, it just simply means that one of 93 are that there's a 50% chance that if you encounter 93 people that someone will have COVID. But if you're physically distancing, if you're masking, if you're doing other things like that, that does not mean that there's a 50% chance that, that you'll also get COVID-19. 
Oh, okay. So I, I was, uh, I was reading that in a slightly alarming way. So it just means that of the 93 people I may encounter in a month, and that's, you know, that can happen. Uh, yeah. you can, it, you know, sort of encounter 93 people in a, in a big grocery store. Absolutely it. Yes. And, and that's why things like you know, ventilation, masking, things like that are super, super important. So when you look at cumulatively all these, all these, um, metrics, how would you describe the danger of, of a bad third wave? Yeah, so I mean, what we're seeing is that there's some areas that are being hit really, really hard. Thankfully, we have moved some of those areas um, fast enough into some of those other zones, like Lambton, Peel, Sudbury, Thunder Bay, Toronto. Um, they're being hit really, really hard. Now, that's where it's important that we have this emergency handbrake. I know with Sudbury, at least, um, we noticed numbers were going up. They applied that emergency handbrake and they implemented it really, really quickly. That's super, super key that when that the second you see those cases go up, respond to it immediately and then implement further restrictions immediately. Okay. Ryan, anything else you'd like to leave us with? That's it for today. Okay. As well. Ryan Imgren, thank you so much for that. See you later. Take it easy. Okay, you too. Stay well. Okay. We are going to take another break, and when we come back, lots of questions. So if you get your first shot, what can you then do? Passover and Easter are coming up. They're family holidays. Uh, And uh, what about the fears of that uh, third wave? And uh, also family docs, what are they doing to try to help their patients get in that line for vaccine? We're going to have all of that when we come back on the other side of the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. As we said, one in three Ontario residents over 80 have received their first dose. That's a lot slower than what's happening in some other provinces, but it is happening, and that is good. I suspect that those people are largely the ones who are computer savvy or have someone booking for them. And what about the call centers? And what about people who cannot get to a vaccination center? And Passover and Easter are coming up. People are very anxious to see their children and grandchildren. Under what conditions is that safe if you've had a first dose? And what are family docs trying to do for their patients? Uh, give the numbers out again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's go to Dr. Robert Kingstone of Forest Hill Family Health, and Dr. Timothy Sly, an epidemiologist and professor at the School of Occupational and Public Health at Ryerson University. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Hello, Libby. Hello, hello. Uh, okay, Dr. Kingstone, so what are you doing for your patients who are over 80? Tearing my hair out. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> there's not a lot there, is there? No, there isn't, that's why. Um Let me just say a couple of things. My understanding as a family doctor, I am not a specialist in any field of virology or toxicology or what have you. Obviously, the COVID virus has been around for just a little over a year. And miracle upon miracle, we have a vaccine in such a short period of time. And it's an effective vaccine. And as we know more about the vaccine and its effectiveness and its antibody longevity, et cetera, et cetera, things will change. So I do expect uh, recommendations to fluctuate from the province and the government. So what we are planning to do now is um, uh, trying to, well, before we get into that, um, us as doctors hear about the implementation and the rollout of the vaccine at the same time the patients do. So we don't have prior knowledge, unfortunately. So right now we are trying to contact all our over 80 people, 80 years old, and try and help them obtain vaccines, register, pre-register, work through the system with computers, Hopefully, they can find a grandkid or an an adult child who is computer savvy. 
We are also trying to make a list of all 60 to 64-year-old um, patients with the expectation that soon we may be receiving the AstraZeneca vaccine. What, what makes you uh, think you're going to get it? I mean, my understanding uh, of that... Yeah of that is that it's a pilot project and the people that I spoke to who got it, uh, yes, the pharmacist and doctor. Project. We were not involved as a family health group uh, in, that, uh, in that pilot project, but right. we still expect to. That's my expectation. And that's what the other docs in Forest Hill Family Health uh, Center are, are, are anticipating. Okay. Well, I don't... The AstraZeneca don't... because it can be normally refrigerated. Well, yeah, um, I don't know. My my understanding was that those doses in the pilot project, they're, they've all been, they're gone. Um, then we may not be getting them, but we're still preparing in case. Okay. Because we have to have, uh, we have to know who we can give the vaccine to, who wants the vaccine, uh, what our, how much vaccine we'll get, because how many clinics do we have to run? We don't know. We don't know the logistics of that. We are also trying to reach all homebound people, uh, patients, who cannot get out to the vaccine uh, for the vaccine so that we can try to help them get uh, someone to get into their home to give them a vaccine. Yeah, I... Obviously, the, we cannot, we as doctors cannot go in and provide the uh the, uh, the uh, Pfizer vaccine because of the refrigeration problems, but uh, we have contracted with um, a resource at Sunnybrook Hospital uh, who will go to our patients who are homebound and administer a vaccine, be it, well, I don't know if it'll be the AstraZeneca, but certainly the, uh, the Pfizer. So or we have Moderna, that yeah. in the works. Okay, well, that's exciting. I know yeah. that UHN is doing that. Let's bring in Dr. Timothy Sly. Hello. Hello, Libby. So uh, the other big question is, so we have holidays coming up. We have people over 80 who are, you know, desperate to see their family. So when is it safe? After How long after a first dose can you hug your grandchildren? Oh, you know, Libby, that's what I've been uh, worried about. I see these, these uh, 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 declarations of, of joy and, and uh, euphoria. The moment the needle comes out the arm, you see people sort of uh, leaping through the dew-laden grass in, in, in relief. But this is a problem. This is a major problem. Uh, it's going to be at least a couple of weeks before they've actually, the vaccine generates that kind of protection that even with one dose that, that we're hoping for. So it's far too soon to start letting down the guard. And even with the second dose, I mean, remember, these are, these are not, the polio or the MMR type vaccines, which confer something like a, a lifetime protection. Think of this more closely to something somewhere between the tetanus vaccine, which is about 10 years, or the rabies, maybe a year or two, or the influenza, which is maybe a year if we're lucky, or common cold, if, not that we have a vaccine for that. But that's the kind of thing. It's not 100%. It's not a lifetime. And it takes at least two, maybe three weeks to reach uh, the kind of protection that we're hoping for. Uh, Dr. Kingstone, is that what you're telling your patients? I'm assuming they're asking oh, absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Well, for example, can I give you a personal? Sure. So I had the vaccine because I got it because of my, uh, my, my, my being on staff at the hospital and doing patient care. So I got my vaccine two doses in, in late January. My wife just got her first. So I could go out now, theoretically, and be immune, <clears throat> but I could also contract the virus and bring it home to her. So you're not. So we better make sure that if there is a grandfather and grandmother who want to hug, as you say, and they sure should be able to, their grandchildren and their own children, that both the grandparents have had the vaccine. And what about? And then we assume they will be immune. Um, is this likely? But I, you know, I defer to the experts. Uh, I still think we must be, as 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 the other doctors just mentioned, very much on our guard and still very careful with regard to our, particularly at our age group, exposure. Okay, uh, and and Tim, uh, yep. what about if maybe not hugging, but as I said, Passover is coming up. What about? Uh, sitting probably almost six feet away at a table, 
uh, but eating and singing, uh, is, is, is that, uh, I mean, those things are considered dangerous. So what about doing that? Well, I think we need to pay attention to what Dr. Kingston has just reminded us here as well. And that is that, um, that uh, the endpoints for those, those phase three trials that all the vaccines went through, the endpoints were, does the vaccine prevent uh, uh, illness and does it prevent serious illness? And the answer to those things are, of course, yes, spectacularly so. But it wasn't uh, the question, does it prevent infection? Are you still able, even if you're vaccinated, are you still able to uh, carry the virus, perhaps in your nose or pharynx, and are you then able to pass it on to others? And we honestly don't have the solid answer to that yet. So there's still a very great possibility that somebody who's vaccinated can bring it home to granddad or grandma or a great aunt or something, and we can see it going from there if they haven't been protected. So that we've got to be very cautious about this. I mean, we're all enthusiastic. We all want to get back to restaurants and the friends and parties and so on. But we've got to be very cautious. And with the variants appearing on the scene as well, Mm -hmm. this adds another ripple that we weren't figuring on. This is, uh, as uh, Ray Dianandan, as you well know, uh, uh, Livy, has has mentioned, this is like going into now the very threshold of Act 3 of a three-act play. All the results will depend on this coming battle between the, the variants and the vaccines. Who gets here first? Who's the most successful to protect or endanger the population? Yeah, it's uh, it's being described as a race between the variants and the vaccine. So I, I you know, I think we want to uh, advise caution. Let's take a call from Tracy in Hamilton. Hello, Tracy. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? Very good. Thanks. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, I called in this morning for my mother, who's past 80, and um, I called the, the number that was provided for this area for us, for, for the over 80 for today, and um, I got through, and then I spoke to a gentleman, and I ended up getting cut off, so I called back, and then I, I did speak to someone, and I ended up getting um, an, an appointment for my mother, the two appointments, and, consecutive. And- when when uh, when is she going in for her shot? She's going on Wednesday. Wow, it's Wednesday coming in, yeah, coming in, up in Hamilton. Yes. Okay. She she lives in Bimbrook and she's going to um, the St. Joe's facility here. So, and they've been they've actually been vaccinating people over eighty for a while. Yeah, well, she didn't get in on any of that, so I I was able to do it. But my my concern, my biggest concern about this was that they they. They automatically assume that these people over eighty would have text would have cell phones and computers for email confirmations because you have to have all these confirmation codes for you when you go in, and they automatically think that everyone will have someone like a daughter or a friend that may call in for them over eighty maybe that have these you know the the technology to do all of this, but not everybody has it, so I found that a little disturbing. And I think that would be overwhelming for people that are calling in that on their own, like, say, my mother. Well, for certainly for certain people, and good for you for helping your mom, and congrats to her for getting a slot. Yeah, Thanks. I'm really happy about that. Okay. Thanks. Thank you for your call. I mean, that's the situation, Dr. Kingstone. I think it's uh, great that you are checking in with your patients to see how they're coming along with this, because not everybody has uh, a kid or a grandkid who can take the time. I mean, basically, you've got to block out a big bunch of time to make this happen, whether for yourself or someone else. Yeah. Today, you better be computer literate, computer literate to get on uh, some of these things. Uh, so hopefully we can help. I have another suggestion, if I may. Sure. I don't know if it'll work, though. I don't know what Dr. Tim would think about this, but I have um, oh a number of patients, maybe eight or ten, that have called me and that have gone directly to a hospital to try and pre-register. They've, st- they've uh, remained in line, waited their turn, and so forth, and they allowed them to get the vaccine then and there. 
And this happened, uh, should we say, is it going to cause a deluge at Humber River? I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Humber River Please took forgive people. me, Humber River, if that's the case. But <laughs> I know patients went there, and they were very kind to the patients and gave it to them. I think that reflects the availability of the vaccine. Whether or not it's still in, in, in amounts that they can do that, I don't know. But maybe if you go to a hospital and you can't get online uh, computerized, maybe you can pre-register. Uh, you I don't know, know. I don't all know. of the things we hear saying, saying you better register, you better pre-register, but we do know, and we know that, um, you know, and our listeners know Marilyn got her vaccine at Humber River. That's right. Uh, so it's something to try, but if you go there for nothing, please don't blame us. <laughs> don't blame us and don't blame the hospital, but um, I would think uh, with goodwill and, and availability of a vaccine, they'll do it. If they can. Yeah. And, and of course, bring all your information, your health, health card, and they want your birth date and, and so forth. Yeah. And so forth. Uh, so, uh, Tim, yep. I, know I have to say, I think you want you want me to call you Tim and not Dr. Sly. So oh, you can call me. Hey, you, if you like. Hey, you. <laughs> uh, so what should people be watching for as we're heading, hopefully, into this new period? Uh, I think the the watchword is um, if we are beginning to release some of the precautions and beginning to look forward to uh, meeting other people, this is when we need to double up on the individual protection, particularly with the variants around. In other words, make sure the mask is a good one. Make sure it's worn properly. Even double masking is not a bad idea. Keep the distancing going. So if we balance it, you've got to balance it out there. If we're going to get back with other people, Let's keep the protection even better than it has been before, because these variants are going to nip us in the rear end. Okay. And uh, Dr. Kingstone, 20 seconds. With regard to what? Totally agree with Tim. we got to be careful. we just got to vaccinate as many people as we possibly can appropriately. Okay. Just put our eggs in that basket. Thank you so much, Dr. Robert Kingstone and Dr. Timothy Sly. Really appreciate your input and your time. Thanks, Louis. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. People, if you didn't get through today, I would say Free For All Friday is coming up, but uh, we are going to be dealing with this all week, checking in to see how it's doing. So uh, be patient. Call back. Uh, we want to know how things are going and, uh, you know, you have to be patient to get your appointment too. That's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.